You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. Well, today, finally, 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 we are going to talk about actual, real football that has taken place. Um, yes, all the caveats apply. It's just training camp. They're running in shorts and t-shirts, blah, 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 blah. Guess what? It's information, and it's data. And no, it's not as as relevant as when they put pads on. And that's not going to be as relevant as preseason. And that's not going to be as relevant as week one, which is not going to be as relevant as midseason, which is not going to be as relevant as later in the season. Guess what? Data is data. We're going to take it for what it is. So yes, there is an element of, like, don't panic. But also, no, it doesn't mean nothing, right? That's what we're going to have to balance here. And, and it's not super complicated but i feel like everything i say there's gonna be a yeah but this person was bad oh it's training camp bro (laughs) okay all right you know what tune out and i will talk to you in week 15 all right how about that but i am actually a little bit excited about this um been doing this for many a year and this year i'm making a uh an adjustment to how i'm gonna go about doing this So what I've got is I'm going to have a running 53-man roster. All of my notes are going to be within the 53-man roster. It's actually a 54. I was tweaking stuff as we're going along. I'll have to change it as we go. So I I actually... So initially when we talked about the 53, I had it all written out, and then I got upset because there's all this stuff. I had an Excel thing, and I'm like, get this out of here, and I closed it. And then right after I did that, it was that thing like, are you sure you haven't saved this? And I'm like, yeah, get out of here. And as soon as I clicked it, I was like, that's my 53. What are you doing? Don't close that. Why didn't you save it for me? I'm stupid. Don't listen to what I say. Come on, man. So that was gone. I had to redo it. So I redid it today. And then um, I think I made a few changes. A couple other things. Number one. So it's, again, it's 54. We'll get it down to 53 by the end of today. Um, I also wanted to make sure that I put them in order of who I, uh, of the exact pecking order as I see it, right? Actually, it's, it's kind of a, well, it's not even a 53 because I have Rashawn and Stokes in there. Um, anyways, because I, I want to have a, an actual pecking order all the way down the line. So like, okay, Jordan Love is number one and Sean Clifford's number two. Okay. Well, well, who's number three and who's number four? And I actually switched it. Full disclosure, I put Danny Etling right now at number two because that's what he is. Do I think he's going to lose that job to Sean Clifford at some point? Potentially, but I'm I'm not. It's not as much predictive, I guess, as it is. What is it now? And then being able to move it as we go along and and kind of track it. So, but again, from there I have Sean Clifford and then Alex Magoo. Why? Because Sean Clifford was getting the third opportunity and then Alex Magoo got the fourth opportunity so it's literally one two three and four I know what the order is but I want to make sure that everything is exactly in the order that I think that it's going to be in and so even guys that I don't currently have on the 53 I can start moving them up and down right or from position to position like we'll talk about with Innis Gaines where it's like so he's a corner now for sure or okay um 
But again, from there, I'm going to add all the notes. So I'll be able to track all of these things. Um, and it's nice because the notes are all timestamped, so I don't have to do that. I, I used to have to do that before, and it was obnoxious putting the date on it. And then if you don't put a date on it, you just have a separate thing in my notes. Then it's like, well, it's hard to look just across, like, okay, what has Aaron Jones done the entire time? It's like, well, we got to look at each individual thing. So th this just works a lot better across the board. But it'll give us the opportunity to kind of go position by position, person by person, and look at all these different things. Um, I guess that's just what we'll do. I'm not exactly sure how to go about doing this. I think I think what I'm going to do is real quick run through the notes, just on, as it came in chronologically on Twitter. I feel like that's kind of the best way to do it. Part of the reason is, you know, one of the neg there's never a perfect way to do this. One of the negatives is when you put a note... For every single player, you get a lot of duplicates. One play might have might highlight four people, so you're going across. So I'm if I just go player by player, we're gonna duplicate a ton of notes. So I'm gonna run through chronologically as it came in. Compliments of the Packers people doing coverage over there, giving us all these notes. Then we'll come back to the 53 and just kind of run through it and kind of talk about at the end of today, day one of training camp, how do we see things. But anyways, why don't we just get started with that, because this stuff tends to take kind of a long time, and I want to make sure we hit on everything. Um, first things first, Jonathan Garvin. This is via Ryan Wood. Jonathan Garvin, an outside linebacker the past three years working with defensive line during individual drills. Now, just on that note, if you look at it, we have got a ton of edge rushers. For sure locked in, again, injuries aside, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, Justin Hollins, Lucas Van Ness, Kingsley, and Igbari. Those are five that are for sure locked in. I had Ladarius Hamilton ahead of Jonathan Garvin, so that would have been six pass rushers for sure ahead of Jonathan Garvin. I guess not for sure, but five. And and so similar to, I think, uh, Tariq Carpenter, it's a matter of we're pretty sure you're going to be off the team, but we're pretty light at defensive tackle. So why don't we just give you the opportunity to come in and do what we're doing essentially with, you know, Colby Wooden and Carl Brooks and just see if you can become a, an interior pass rusher for us. So now we're taking like three big swings at that, right? These edge rushers that we're going to try to get to be big and, and rush from the interior. And if we can hit one, one of these three, and who knows, maybe Garvin can be that guy, then great. But again, I kind of see it like Carpenter where it's like, this is a beyond long shot. Best of luck, but yeah, probably not going to be a thing. Uh, next, next thing brought up by Pete Doherty here, Jeff Cotton and Cameron McDonald are off their injury lists and practicing. However, awkwardly enough, it was reported within probably 20 minutes of this that Jeff Cotton was released. So either that was a mistake on the part of Pete Doherty, maybe not under, you know, thought he saw somebody else on the field, or he was out practicing and during practice somebody pulled him and was like, get the heck out of here, and then they just went and told him. The media, I have no idea how that happened, but um, yeah, Jeff Cotton, who was on the, um, uh, I think it was actually Pup, they decided to move on from, which, I mean, that, you know, if if you're at the bottom of the list and you're on an injury list, that's going to be a little bit tough. Cam McDonald was one of those guys as well. He, I had him as my dead last tight end on this list, and he is on the uh, the NFI list, but apparently has been taken off. Uh, via Ryan Wood, Packers players not practicing, Tervarius Moore, illness, Caleb Jones, illness, Tariq Carpenter, illness, Grant DeBose back, Rashawn Gary, ACL, Eric Stokes, foot. So I guess a couple of interesting points of clarity on that. Um, 
Tariq Carpenter and Caleb Jones are both out, but it's just a sickness. I saw Tariq Carpenter got put on the uh, the NFI list, and um, you start to think that that's pretty bad for him. But if he's just got the sniffles, he should be fine to get back out practicing relatively soon. Grant DeBose, though, does sound a little bit more serious. Um, I actually did move him on my 53. I had him at wide receiver. I decided to swap him out with Malik Heath. Obviously nothing official, but... Um, Matt LaFleur did comment on it, and he had kind of two parts of it that were sort of interesting in his pre-practice um, press conference. The first part was, before he even mentioned the injury, somebody asked him if he would like to comment on the Grant DeBose thing, and he said, no, I would not. Almost as if, like, something happened. And and essentially, these these NFI lists mean you got hurt while you were away. It just makes me wonder if maybe he got hurt doing something stupid that would cause there to be some level of frustration about it. So that would be kind of question number one. But then beyond that, he made a point and he said, you know, after he said that, he was like, no, no, no. I mean, it, it was, it's a back injury and those things take time. It's like, why didn't you want to say that though? It's, it's not the injury you didn't want to talk about. It's something else. I, it just felt like maybe there was something that caused frustration along with his injury. But either way, the, the second point that was important is he said it's a back injury and these things take time. So I don't really expect him back necessarily soon. He did say when he feels better, you know, whenever he's ready, he'll be back out there. But, um, you know, if, if DeBose is really going to be out for a while, I, I, I think he might just be a practice squad guy. And you can say, well, that happened to Christian Watson. Christian Watson was always going to be a starter. That's a very different situation. They forced him out there. They also talked about Christian Watson really not getting into his stride until later in the season as a result of that. There's no reason for them to push Grant DeBose out there ahead of somebody else if he's just not ready because he hasn't been practicing. So as of right now, Grant DeBose is off the uh, the 53. And again, I did pop in Malik Heath. No real reason other than, um, you know, he, he kind of had some pretty solid OTAs. You could argue Bo Melton as a result of today, um, based on almost nothing, but uh, could could be put in that spot. Also, wide receiver news while we're on the topic. Um Cody Crest, C-H-R-E-S-T, was added at wide receiver. That was um, that was sort of the Jeff Cotton thing. So they released Jeff Cotton. They brought in Cody Crest. Um, we can dig in a little bit more into that, but I, I don't really find it relevant. He is at the absolute bottom. So of the people currently that I have not making the 53 as wide receivers but are ahead of Cody Crest, Grant DeBose, Bo Melton, Deuce Watts, and Jadakus Bonds. So I, I just don't see the need in putting a ton of time looking into it until it becomes clear that he's actually doing something for the team, I guess. Packers starting offensive line, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom. Again, every single day that goes by, I become much more confident this is the starting offensive line. Almost nothing changes. Uh, we'll, we'll read the stuff as they come up, but basically Bakhtiari is kind of on a snap count, so they end up pulling him pretty early. Um Yash Nyman does step in as sort of that number two left tackle. And Zach Tom, when they're with the third team, is in at center, which I'm sure some people are going to try to to mean something. But I don't know how Zach Tom being your number three center is some kind of evidence that he's going to take over Meyer's job when our starting right tackle is going to take over our starting center's job because Zach Tom is taking center three reps. No. First team rep of camp, fumbled snap, nowhere to go but up. And that pretty much characterizes how this day went. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. There's a there's a hint of frustration 
Um, we'll get there when we get there, but it, it really doesn't go too far up from there for the offense. Uh, Herman kind of lays out first team for everybody. So on top of that offensive line I mentioned, you also had Dobbs and Watson as number one, number two wide receiver. DeGuara and Musgrave are the two tight ends on the field. Um, so that would be, I guess, one and one, which actually I should move that on my 53. You could say DeGuara is number one if you want. You could even say he's number three, I guess. But since they started off that way, I'm actually going to switch Deguara and Kraft. So it's Musgrave, Deguara, then Kraft. And again, this isn't necessarily predictive. It's just where does it seem like we're at right now? Then you got Aaron Jones at running back, Jordan Love at quarterback. Uh, Along the defensive side, you got Wyatt Clark and Slayton on the interior, which we knew. Um, It's also mentioned later that when they go into nickel, which defensive tackle drops out, it's Wyatt. So I have Wyatt as the number three, which is kind of how I had it to begin with. Then, again, the number two pass rusher is Preston Smith. You know, our number one is not participating right now. Number three, or two in this instance, is Hollins still. So I do have Hollins as our number three pass rusher ahead of Lucas Van Ness right now, Um, which I, I don't know what's more baffling. The fact that Van Ness who is our first round pick isn't edge three or the fact that Hollins is as high up as he is ahead of Kingsley and and Lucas Van Ness and everybody linebackers are Quay and Campbell. And then the corners were Razul and, uh, uh, Jair with safeties, Ford and Savage. None of that is surprising. Again, Nixon in at nickel, Wyatt out. Ryan Wood says blocking going to be a big part of the, he spelled something wrong, transition for tight end. Luke Musgrave with the first team at start of camp. His first rep, Devontae Wyatt welcomes him to the NFL. A piece of, an impressive speed off the ball from Wyatt. A tweet didn't make sense, but somehow our tight end was blocking a defensive tackle and the defensive tackle won, which, by the way, our tight ends just got the crap beat out of him in uh, pass blocking all day long, which is to be expected. Like, Preston Smith had a great day beating tight ends all day long. <laughs> Uh, Wes Hodkowitz says Wyatt with a pressure and first team rep. Rudy Ford gets first look at safety. Then you got Levitt and Owens with second defense at safety. Ballantyne and Valentine on the boundary. So again, a little bit more shake up here. I did have Dallin Levitt as our number three safety. Again, I just think with his special teams and everything, I think that's where he's at. Um, but I did put Jonathan Owens at number four, which does drop Anthony Johnson out of the conversation for now, which makes sense. He's got to earn that. They're not just going to put him in there to start. But as of right now, Anthony Johnson is not on the 53 unless they have five safeties. I do have him next on the list. But then you got an interesting situation with corner where I had Keandre Thomas. And I think I did this last year where I was like, it seems like Keandre, but then, you know, he didn't, they, they liked him, but then they didn't put him. I don't know. Anyways, you know, it's going to be Jair, Razul, Stokes, and Keyshawn, right? I mean, Stokes, Pup, whatever, but still. Then you got, in my estimation, Shamar, Gene, Charles. But then the two boundary guys are Valentine and Valentine. So I I dropped Keandre Thomas behind both of them, but I don't want Corey and Carrington to both be corners because then I have too many. So I just arbitrarily put Carrington, Valentine in at corner. So it's Jair, Razul, Eric Stoke, kind of, Keyshawn Nixon, Shamar, and, and Valentine. With no real verification on Shamar, I just figured there has to be another slot guy, so that's who I put in there. We'll get into that in a minute. And then uh, Ballantyne I put, again, arbitrarily as the top guy off the list with Keandre behind him and then Tyrell Ford and then William Hooper, and those two are just completely arbitrary as well. I I, I didn't have a single note on either of them. We'll see if anybody separates or whatever, but that's, that's that for safety. 
Uh, Kenny Clark knives through easily for a stop in the backfield on a stretch play right. Kenny doing Kenny stuff. He had a great day today. Dylan stopped for no gain on the next play. Nice run fill by uh, Jonathan Owens on a toss right. McDuffie right there as well. No gain for Patrick Taylor. Uh, Jake Hansen, number two center and off of Pup. So again, I, I have it as Myers and Jake Hansen both making the team with Hansen being the number two center. That seems to be the case as of now. I don't really expect that to change. Uh, Caleb Jones not practicing, so Rashid Walker taking left tackle snaps with the second team offense. Nyman in at right tackle, so that's one of the, I mean, there's a lot of rotation, but for this reason, I did put Rashid Walker in at tackle and Caleb Jones out. It may have been that way anyways, but for now I have at tackle Bakhtiari, Tom, Nyman, and Walker, and I actually have Luke Tenuta ahead of Caleb Jones just because he had a really good day today um, and, and has had a lot of hype even coming into this, and then Kadeem Telford and Gene DeLance, those two also just completely arbitrary. Finally, a hole to the left side for Patrick Taylor, a nice pickup. Danny Etling gets the second-team quarterback reps. Shamar Jean Charles all over a throw to the flat from Etling to Melton, incomplete. So I did use this as reference for, okay, it does seem like Shamar is sort of our backup slot, so I'm going to leave him in there because this is number two reps, right? Clifford in at quarterback three, so by default we know who QB4 is. And then it says, nice run by Lou Nichols. LVN likely would have had him if live tackling. Oh, yeah, Pete Doherty actually changed what he said earlier about Jeff Cotton. He says, correction, Cotton's still out. Newly signed receiver Cody Crest wearing Cotton's former number 82. So he was never on the field. And again, everybody mentioning how he's working at number three center. Then we get really nice pass pro by Luke Tenuta on Lucas Van Ness. Gave his quarterback time to throw over the middle, but ball falls complete, incomplete to Bonds. Lucas Van Ness all over a run to the right by Wilson. So I will say, as far as Lucas Van Ness, it sounds like he had a better day run blocking than uh, a run defending than than pass rushing so far. Again, it's tough with without live contact pads the whole nine yards, but uh, there's been a lot of really positive things about you know his his abilities in the run. And then you get like he got beat by Luke Tenuta, which you don't super love to hear, but it kind of makes sense when you think about the kind of player he is. Just a freaking powerful type of guy. And pass rushing is a little bit more nuanced, especially in the NFL, right? In college, you can probably just do what he did, which is just push people around. And in the NFL, you probably have to build on that a tad. A really nice rep from Anthony Johnson at safety. Recognized a run play and filled the gap at the line of scrimmage. I love seeing that because I'm actually extremely... um, Jake always makes fun of me, Jacob, because he loves the late round guys and I always just kind of roll my eyes at it. But I'm, I'm, I'm genuinely excited about Anthony Johnson and the prospect of him potentially making an impact. It goes completely against everything I believe, but uh, for some reason I just, I'm just buying it. Campbell, Clark, and Slayton all over a run to the right. Tough sledding for the run game early. Love finds Dylan in the flat, but nice coverage by Campbell. He was right there for a stop. Preston Smith gets by Tom on an inside rush. Love dumps the ball off to Dylan. Jones finds a running lane up the middle after no room outside toward uh, Smith. Justin Hollins getting first-team reps with Preston at outside linebacker. Lucas Van Ness opens camp with the second team. Dontavian Wicks doing his best Alan Lazard impression and sealing Rudy Ford on a great block to sprint a nice run. That'll get the kid more looks. Really nice play by the rookie. Dontavian Wicks also seemed pretty decent today. There's a lot of videos out of him just looking real smooth as a route runner and whatnot, so kind of excited to see what he can pull off. Watson drops a throw from Love in the flat on the next play. I think Watson and Love probably caused more frustration on my part than than anything right these are these are two guys you have high expectations for love couldn't hit anything to save his life and watson kept dropping stuff and it's just like you know what you guys are just trying to piss me off today 
Ennis Gaines setting, getting steady slot snaps. Good lord. Steady, sna- steady slot snaps. Say that once fast. With second defense, Enigbare and Van Ness with second defense at edge. So again, Ennis Gaines is in the slot with the twos. Well, that's where Shamar was not too long ago. So it kind of seems like we've got Keyshawn as our slot guy and a competition between Ennis Gaines and Shamar Jean Charles for the slot. Now, when I first saw, saw this, I was like, well, he's in the slot. He could still be playing safety, you know? I mean, sometimes safeties do that, but it does seem to me that that is sort of where we're at. And it's convoluted because, you know, I have Ennis Gaines like two spots down when he could actually be on the 53 if he wins the competition. I'm tempted to almost do like a slot corner actual position so that it makes a little bit more sense. But um, again, Valentine and Ballantyne are kind of iffy as it is. So I got Ennis Gaines behind Corey Ballantyne, but, but you know, whatever. So I moved him from safety over to corner and I have him behind Ballantyne ahead of Thomas, but we're kind of talking about a completely different thing. He's fighting for the number two slot spot. Uh, Inigbare and Van Ness with second defense at edge. So I've got Van Ness and then Inigbare. Again, they, they switch these things up, but that's kind of where I have it right now. Uh, Nyman, Jenkins, Myers, Runyon, Tom with the ones. So this is where they pull David Bakhtiari. Nyman comes in at left tackle. Herman says, Lucas Van Ness, unblocked, comes screaming down the line for a run stop. You're going to need to block him. Ennis Gaines gets time in the slot with the twos, finished the season last year playing there against the Vikings and the Lions. Alex Magoo gets the defense to jump, then gets Wicks hit on a murder ball over the middle. Gaines with a nice breakup. If you're a big Magoo fan, this is also not a great day for you. Uh, windy day for Carlson. He packs some power. O'Donnell holding. Good from 40, good from 42, not good from 45. Keandre Thomas is visibly in pain and hurt. His hand got caught up in the pass breakup. He's on the sideline kneeling down. Nice throw from Love to Dobbs over the middle off of play action. Razul in coverage, 12-ish yard pickup. Love hits Watson over the middle, maybe slightly high, but Watson struggles to hang on, so there's two drops in a row by Christian Watson. Jair with extremely tight coverage. Jair had a great day today. Ryan Wood says, Packers have rotated each of their top four tight ends with the first team. Lucas Musgrave, uh, Tucker Craft, Josiah DeGuara, and Tyler Davis all getting time with Jordan Love. Must have been a stinger because he's back out there. Talking about Keandre Thomas, so he's fine. Preston Smith beats Tyler Davis, but loves, Love finds Dobbs over the middle. Slant to Watson, incomplete, throw a little high. Bad throw by Love, that's just getting started. Third and three, defense shows pressure, pressure but doesn't blitz. Three linebackers on the field, incomplete to Jones, McDuffie in coverage. Nice job by Zach Tom against Preston Smith and pass pro. Love throws left, but some confusion and nobody there. Corey Ballantyne just punched out the ball from Dobbs. Nixon had a great coverage initially, and play would have been done before the fumble, but they continued on. Love to Dobbs on a quick out. Nixon in coverage. Hamilton seeing snaps with Inigbare at edge. Musgrave beats Ballantyne down the right sideline. Ball appears to hang up in the wind. Ballantyne catches up and forces the pass breakup. Round two for Carlson. Good from 40, good from 43, and good from 45. This kind of continues his OTAs. Um, he, he, I think he missed like one of nine or something. He was, he was solid. Um, but starts off the first day of training camp hitting five of six. Antavian Wicks just walked to the side with a trainer. Not sure if it was the hit he took over the middle from Gaines on a throw from Magoo. Hopefully he's okay. See, you guys with your freaking Magoo hit here, all excited about this guy. He comes in here and he gets Dontavian Wicks knocked out day one. I mean, come on, man. Freaking Magoo. He is Mr. Magoo. That's what he is. Back to team. Watson beats Douglas easy on a corner out, but Love misses wide. Two big play opportunities missed by 10 on back-to-back plays in team. 
Love scrambles for a nice pickup on the next play. Nice job uh, navigating the pocket, keeping eyes downfield. Keyshawn Nixon with a diving pass breakup versus Jaden Reed. Really nice play by 25. You got Walker coming in on a blitz. It's kind of a standalone tweet there. Uh, Danny Etling completes a quick out to DeGuara. Levitt with a stop. Etling incomplete to Goodson. Wilson in tight coverage. Clifford escapes a pocket. Finds Bo Melton over the middle. Magoo at quarterback. Five wide. Incomplete to Tucker Craft over the middle. Nice rep by Tenuta versus Cox. Benny Sapp with a pass breakup against Tucker Craft on a pass from Magoo. Blocking is going to be a steep learning curve for the tight end. Smith just flies by Musgrave. Likely would have been a sack. Schneidman says Luke Musgrave has been beat around the edge multiple times already. That one by Preston for a would-be sack. Mercedes Lewis on line one. I'm sorry, but I, 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 it's just not going to happen. Maybe I'm getting too hung up on this, you know, blocking versus receiving thing or whatever, but I, I just cannot see a situation where we're like, oh, really? You mean Musgrave isn't a great blocker? The guy that we drafted strictly to be a receiver? Oh, man, I guess we got to bench him and bring in 45-year-old Mercedes Lewis. That ain't going to happen, dude. The blocking's going to take a step back. We all understand that. It's not, they're not changing this. They're just going to teach them to do it as best as they possibly can. And by the way, setting up situations where Musgrave is going to be up against guys like Preston Smith, that's just not going to be a thing. Love hits Dobbs over the middle again. That's been the best connection so far for the offense. Preston may have had a sack on the play. Love with an underthrown ball to Dobbs deep. Jair with a pass breakup. Jair's looked fantastic so far, as expected. Kenny Clark with a quick pressure. Love rolls right and finds wide open Ture, but Love leaves him, leads him too far to the right, and Ture catches it out of bounds. Play action rollout to the right finds Deguara in the flat. Campbell close by. Comment on the um, Jordan Love pass. Ryan Wood says, To be fair, Love is throwing into a steep wind today. Definitely a factor. Love finds Ture over the middle with Nixon in coverage. Success for the passing game today has been to this part of the field. Herman says, love with his best throw of the day so far. Nice little sidearm throw to Ture for a nice pickup. Ture beat Nixon on the play. And that, my friends, was the end of practice, about 90 minutes. And then Matt LaFleur made the entire offense do push-ups because they got the crap beat out of them by the Packers' defense. So anyways, with that, I want to just kind of run through, go back to the list of players, kind of look at them a little bit closer and kind of how I'm seeing things with the team so far. And then uh, as time permits, we'll kind of talk about what's going on around the rest of the NFL as the first day of training camp opened up for most teams and everybody's out there practicing somewhere. So we will take a break. Remember to check out grassfedcooperative.com. If you're interested in getting a big old box of meat delivered to your door, use Packer10 as your promo code, get 10% off. That's capital P, Packer10. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. 
With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. All right, so let me be clear on my frustration with Jordan Love, and it, it, it stems from what I said to... Clayton, when we had done our last live video thing, um, we, we, we've all, and myself especially, been treating Jordan Love with kid gloves, right? It's, listen, we don't know anything. Anything's possible. We don't have enough information. You know, he needs time to develop, blah, 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 blah. Here's the other side of the coin. This is year four. I very rarely have seen anything from a Jordan Love camp all through training camp honestly, all through preseason, OTAs, anything that has been anything other than either Jordan Love had a terrible day or it was an up and, day, up and down day for Jordan Love. That's all I've ever seen from Jordan Love. Maybe once or twice it was just a great day from Jordan Love. So yeah, we can sit here and say you never know and anything. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a terrible day today in, in training camp. I tracked the whole thing. It was garbage. The offense looked like crap. Rodgers looked like crap. Defense won the day. Those things happen. But you also have really, really good days from Anthony John, uh, Anthony Richardson. I think it was his first day of training camp. Freaking balled out. He was like 11 of 11. That's never happened for Jordan Love, to my knowledge. I really, really need to start seeing more positive things from Jordan Love. And yeah, I understand it was windy. I get it. Freaking excuses, 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 excuses. At some point... There has to be, because again, this is my issue with Jordan. It's, it's, it's not that he can't do it from a talent standpoint. It's not that he doesn't have some beautiful throws and make some beautiful reads and do all the beautiful things that beautiful people do. It's that I just have, ne I never get to see the consistency that is required of a top quarterback. So now that you are a fit, now that the season has started and Jordan Love is our quarterback, I'm sorry. Here in Green Bay, we have very, very high standards for our quarterback. I'm excited that you're the quarterback. I'm excited for you to show everybody what you can do. But there are no more kid gloves. You, you need to meet a high standard. And from what I've seen, I, I, I don't see that high standard. The Eagles game was great with the, the six throws or whatever. The preseason, I think, was overhyped last year. I think there was one game that I genuinely really liked, one that was massively overhyped. I think there was way too much bad in that game. If you look back over his preseason grades, they've been terrible in the two years that he's done uh, preseason games. So, you know, okay, fine, it was the wind. All right, 
well, I mean, there's going to be windy days in the NFL, but let's just say you've never thrown in wind before. You didn't know how to handle that. So this was your learning experience, and you're never going to make that mistake again. Great. Okay. Let's see what the next training camp brings. And let's hope that it's significantly better. And and we really and again, I well, you know, this is a time when you you try things. This isn't about trying things. This is about you got a guy wide open and you missed him. This is about you've had three different guys wide open down the field and you underthrew it. And so instead of these big complete and, and these all could have been big highlights. This could have been a great day. Your receivers are getting open, man. You know how great today would have been if we had had a highlight of a fifty yard touchdown pass from Jordan Love to Luke Musgrave. We didn't have that highlight though because you underthrew it, and some guy that might not even make the team ends up getting a pass breakup because you know wind exists. No more kid gloves. I'm sorry. It's it's freaking go time. We have a very serious decision to make on whether Jordan Love is the future or whether we need to go in a, in a different direction in next year's draft. And from what I can tell, lots of people had great days today, including lots of your receivers. Your, your running backs were open. Your tight ends, especially Musgrave, were open. Christian Watson was open, although the guy's dropping every pass that comes his way, apparently. Romeo Dobbs was open all day, but that connection seems to be pretty solid That you know, for the most part. But Come on, man. At the very least, my expectation is if your guys are wide open, you got to hit them. Right? I mean, am I being unfair here? Day one, fine. But can can we agree moving forward, wide open guys, pads or not, you should be able to hit that. Is that correct? Can we all agree on that? So as of right now, Jordan Love has been massively underwhelming. And this goes back for the last several years of following training camp, just begging, please, please have a good day. And he never does. And I got to every time come back and go, well, it's just training camp. Well, you, you know, it's up and down, but it's training camp. Well, it's OTAs. Yeah, late and over the middle, but yeah, you try stuff. and everything. <laughs> I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not defending you. You need to defend yourself. You need to show everybody that you're the guy. There's no more hiding you behind Rodgers. You're, you're the frickin' face of the franchise. So, yeah, I was disappointed with this. All the works, workouts and everything else that you guys have been working on, and you can't throw it to them when they're wide open? Come on, man. I'm not going down with the ship. That's always been the standing rule here on the podcast. Right? If I don't know, sure, you're, you're you know, Lucas Van Ness, he's going to be great, whatever. I don't know. Who, who knows? Who frickin' knows? Maybe he's going to be garbage, but I'll just say he's going to be great. I'm excited about the guy. But if things don't pan out, I'm not following you as you flame out, man. I support the Packers, not the players. You want to come in here and be a great player for the Packers? I'm all about it. But I'm I'm just I'm kind of just exhausted just sitting here saying, please, 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 Jordan, please, Jordan, please. And I never, ever, 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 ever get what I want from Jordan Love. Just one time I just want to be able to come back and be like, dude, he's got me feeling good now. I never get that. It's always all oh, great throw from Jordan. Oh, yep, that was I don't know what the heck that was. Yeah, well, that ain't going to do it. So again, it's just training camp. It's just day one. But I need everyone to understand exactly where I'm coming from. I need to start seeing better from Jordan Love because I have not seen it. And I need the consistency, which is not there. And at some point, you just got to tear stuff up. Because you know what? There is a, a commonality among great quarterbacks that at some point, they tear things up. Like, for, let me give you one final example. We'll move on. Preseason. Jordan Love was terrible as far as his grades. And I'm thinking, yeah, but I'm sure a lot of really good quarterbacks have bad preseasons. You know how many I found? Zero. Every single competent quarterback that you look at, right? 
you, Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and all these guys, like, well, you know, but it's preseason. Maybe they're just not, you know, they're doing crazy stuff and they have back. Nope, just 90s across. They're just shredding people. Like, this is stupid. It's vanilla defenses. All right. I'm going to trot out there for my one series. I'm going to drive down the field. I'm going to score a touchdown. I'm going to walk off, and that's it for me for the preseason. Bing, bang, boom. That's not what I was expecting to find, but that's what I found. So that's where it stands. Again, Danny Etling got second string, so that's where he is. I do anticipate Sean Clifford taking that at some point. Magoo, I, it's just kind of a disaster. Uh, running back Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon. I did put Patrick Taylor in that next spot just because it sounds like at least the first reports about running back that I heard were about Patrick Taylor. So my assumption was he was kind of getting those first couple reps. I could be entirely wrong, but that's just, again, sort of why I have that there. Um, Watson, again, very frustrated. The guy's got every, he's, he's got so much freaking talent. The only real big massive knock on him is he has drop issues, which in my opinion were, were overstated to begin with. Again, you look at his total drops, it was five, which is a very small number in comparison to how many times he ran a route. But then on top of that, you look at the games in which he had drops. It was like Dallas, he had two drops. Does anybody think, look back at Dallas and say, wow, that game sucked? Nobody cares. Nobody even remembers. But if anything's going to derail his career, it's himself. That's it. Come on, man. Catch the ball. There's there's nothing more fundamental to being a wide receiver than catch the ball. Please, for the love of all things, catch the ball. Uh, Romeo Dobbs is on his game. Jaden Reed didn't get to hear a ton about him, but it was nice to at least hear his name. Unfortunately, the only thing we heard was that um, Keyshawn Keyshawn Nixon broke up a pass. Dontavian Wicks, again, it sounds like he's doing pretty good, but there was also a, a bit of an injury there, thanks to Mr. Frickin' Magoo. So um, hopefully he's doing okay. Uh, Samori Ture didn't really get a ton. He had a couple passes. One of them was a bad throw. One of them, he was open over the middle. Um, nothing from Malik Heath. So again, he's kind of arbitrarily there because of OTAs. But we did hear from uh, Bo Melton. That was where Sean Clifford had a great play, escaped the pocket, found uh, uh, Bo over there. And then, obviously, Crest is there. So I'm going to keep Malik Heath there just because... Or, you know what? I could just... You know, I am going to just take him off because I have 54. So I'm just going to drop him. And if we add somebody, we'll add him later. Um, Nothing much about the tight ends. You know, uh, Musgrave was the biggest highlight in terms of, like, being a receiver. But, again, fortunately, we didn't get to hear much of the highlights because the passes didn't get there. Um, But also was the biggest low light in terms of blocking. Otherwise, not a lot going on there. Tackles, not a lot. Again, Rashid Walker, I put in. Um, Luke Tenuta is kind of knocking on the door, though. And Caleb Jones is only not really a part of it just because he's out with an illness right now. Um, Interior, again, we are on Sean Ryan watch. I'm waiting to hear the man's name once. I did not hear it at all today. Not one time. Granted, I didn't hear from John Runyon, Royce Newman, Elton Jenkins. I didn't hear. In fact, the only interior offensive lineman I have a single note about is Jake Hansen. But still... I would love to be able to hear any news about Sean Ryan. That would be fantastic. But I do have Jenkins, Runyon, Newman, Ryan, and then again, interior the center, Myers, and then Hanson. Um, as I mentioned, Kenny Clark, good day today. Uh, knives through easily for a stop in the backfield. Clark, along with a bunch of other guys, a run stop, and then Kenny Clark with a quick pressure. Um, TJ Slayton was also in on that run stop. And again, I have him as the number two because when they go into nickel, Wyatt comes out. That doesn't necessarily have to be pecking order. It could just be because TJ Slayton is a nose tackle. But still, in terms of, of importance, it, it is Kenny Clark, then Slayton, then then Wyatt, I guess. So it's it's kind of a different position, but still. Um, 
the one and two are, are Clark and Slayton. After that, it's it's kind of no man's land. I, I have Colby Wood and Jonathan Ford and Carl Brooks, but who knows? Uh, Chris Slayton also is kind of knocking on the door. Uh, I have that one note here, July 25th. Goody brings up Chris Slayton unprompted. He did indeed have a nice camp last year. Hopefully he gives them a boost up front on defense. So I think, you know, he's a guy that has demonstrated some things, unlike Ford, Wooden, and Brooks. You've also got Jonathan Garvin. He has some experience, but not on the interior. So I'm just going to leave it with Wooden, Ford, and Brooks. But that's a very wide open, you know, the the back end of that defensive tackle group. Um, Edge. Rashawn, number one, although obviously he's on pup. Um, then Preston, that's a no-brainer. Justin Hollins is still number three. Then I have Lucas and Kingsley are kind of next up. I think based on what we heard mostly from OTAs, it would be Lucas would be next. So I have Lucas, then Kingsley, then Ladarius Hamilton, who was getting some snaps with Kingsley and Igbare. So that's the packing order there. Um, with Garvin out, I only have three other pass rushers, Brenton Cox, Kenneth Odomegwu, and Keyshawn Banks. And I think the situation with Odomegwu is that we don't need to use a roster spot, so there's kind of just two people hanging out there. Um, and unfortunately for Brenton Cox, the only note we have on him was that he got beat by Tenuta today. The other negative being I don't think there's any more available spots at, at the edge position. Uh, linebacker's kind of wild, and, and I'll, I'll be honest, I made the decision tentatively to just put Tariq Carpenter as our fifth linebacker, as much as I think that that's absurd. Um, I, You know, first of all, again, he's he's on the NFI list, but that's just an illness. He should be coming off there soon, I would assume. But it really just came down to getting the best 53, and I really think they like him on special teams. So I'm just going to put him there, and we'll see how this thing pans out. But the linebackers had quite a, uh, quite a few solid notes, and I actually have these backwards. I have Quay in front of... Devondre, and I don't think that's the situation that is reality. So Devondre is number one. Uh, again, good run stop thing with uh, Slayton and Clark. Um, Love finds Dylan in the flat, Campbell in coverage, and then play action finds Deguara Campbell close by. So tight coverage, but not actually stopping anything. Quay Walker had the blitz. I have him as the number two, and then Wilson and McDuffie. It's it's kind of arbitrary. They're they're both you know three A and and three A. Uh, we'll see if anybody's able to separate so far today. McDuffie, um, I think, might have had the better day, but they both had pretty good days. Um, Eric Wilson's one note was uh, Etling incomplete to Goodson, Wilson in tight coverage, and then McDuffie had nice run filled by Jonathan Owens on the toss right. McDuffie right there as well. And then third and three defense shows pressure. Uh, incomplete to Jones, McDuffie in coverage. So it's it's really just three solid notes, two of them in favor of McDuffie over Wilson. But I, I just like both of those guys, and I think they're both going to be in there. Uh, the only other linebacker is Jimmy Phillips, and he's, I mean, I uh, yeah. Corner, as I mentioned, is completely just up in the air. We know Jair. We know Razul. I'm fairly confident in Keyshawn in the slot, but I don't know that that's as much of a guarantee as we tend to think it is. I think we overhyped Keyshawn because we're super stoked about what he did as a kick returner, much like how everyone assumes he's a great punt returner when really he wasn't. Um, I think he was a subpar slot corner. Decent, all things considered, but but still somewhat subpar, which is why my, my first thought is if, Sto- if Stokes is able to come back, I think our best three is going to be Stokes, Jair, and Razul. Now, that might be a long shot. I don't know. But but that's kind of where I'm coming from, first of all. But then we also have this apparent 
tough competition in the slot between Ennis Gaines and Shamar Jean Charles. And I don't think it's impossible that one of them can establish themselves as actually being a better slot than Keyshawn Nixon. I don't necessarily think it's going to happen. I'm just putting it out there that I don't exactly have Keyshawn as locked in as I think pretty much everybody else does. But again, it's basically right now, if I were to separate this out, see if I can do this, um, boundary corners would be Jair, then Razul, and then Stokes. I mean, again, that's kind of weird because if Stokes comes back, Razul goes into the slot, but whatever. Um, then it would be um, Valentine and Ballantyne. Don't know which one's which. Then I have Keandre Thomas, and then Tyrell Ford and William Hooper kind of are just kind of the other ones hanging out there. And then as far as the slot, I've got Keyshawn number one, Shamar number two, and Innis Gaines closing in very closely at number three. So that's going to be an interesting competition. And just, again, how that all pans out, because there's only so many corners that are going to go in there. So uh, it could be another one where you want to keep close attention to special teams and what they're able to do, what they did last year, et cetera, to see who might get the edge. Um, safety, it, it's it's Savage and Ford. I've been saying this for a while. I think a lot of people are desperate to make this change. That has been consistent since day one of OTAs. Savage and Ford are the top guys. Um, Rudy Ford is nothing on Savage today, um, but Rudy Ford's one note was the D- Dontavian Wicks doing his best Lazard impression, blah, blah, blah. Um, but he ended up blocking up Rudy Ford. So the one note was a negative one. Dallin Levitt, though, uh, Levitt and Owens with second team defense. So again, those I have as my my two and three. And I do have La- Dallin Levitt ahead because I've, I've kind of had him as number three to begin with just based on his special teams ability. So now that he's actually starting as a safety as the number three, it, it really just solidifies that even more for me but then the other one is Etling completes a quick out to DeGuara Levitt with the stop so he was in there on that one the only other uh Owens play was nice run filled by Jonathan Owens on a toss right McDuffie there also but again I've got Anthony Johnson kind of knocking on the door here um nice rep from Anthony Johnson at safety recognized run play and filled gap at the line of scrimmage again Anthony Johnson is not going to be given this as a seventh round player just handed the job he has to earn it and I think he's off to a relatively good start although there's somewhat stiff competition might have to open up a fifth spot for him to get in there I don't know I think if he takes a spot it's going to be Jonathan Owens um then you have Traverius Moore who's out with an illness he's obviously going to be battling and who knows he may even be ahead of Jonathan Owens and the only reason he's not right now is because of the illness so we'll have to see so I, I have him down there as the uh, sixth safety he may be the fourth safety right now I don't know um and even Benny Sapp getting in on the action with his pass breakup against Tucker Craft. so I, I don't have much hope for Benny Sapp but he's putting it on tape right now and then again special teams is, is relatively straightforward We've got good from 40, 42, 40, 43, and 45. And then he had one miss from 45. Um, And then as far as the guys that I don't currently have on the 53 but have a chance, uh, number one would be Broughton Hatcher, who could potentially win that long snapping position. And then the only other one would be Daniel Whelan. He'd have to take the job away from Pat O'Donnell, which I don't necessarily anticipate. So as it stands... Um, I have us at 52, so I got to move somebody up. Um, and then there's also 36 guys. I, I, I don't think I'm missing anybody, but I may be. That puts us at 88. In fact, I must be missing somebody. I'll have to go back and find out who that is. It's not going to be anybody that's super important, but we'll figure it out. I did add Cody Crest. I'm sure. Is he being counted on here? I don't know. But um, I am tempted to maybe just bump up Chris Slayton at defensive tackle. That would give us seven which seems excessive, but given our situation, it might not be the worst thing in the world. 
Um, there's also Brenton Cox at edge, although I don't know that that's super necessary. Um, you could put Ballantyne up there at corner, but again, we're kind of just piling on people at this point. Anthony Johnson at safety would make sense. Um, however, we have five wide receivers, and I think somebody probably should move up. So I'll just put Malik Heath back up there. I don't really know who the best option would be, but that's what we'll do for now. So um, real quick, want to run through some of the stuff going on around the NFL, starting off just NFL-wide. Um, somebody to maybe keep an eye on. Again, I know it's training camp, but still. Uh, Bucks quarterback Kyle Trask has had the best practice since he was drafted by the Bucks. Not probably, definitely. He looked like a legit NFL quarterback. He'll need to string together many more of those to secure the starting job. Again, I just put that out there because Trask, I think, was a second-round pick. Been sitting around for a while. I think he actually has pretty solid grades. Kind of just been forgotten about. I think most people just kind of wrote him off, but just kind of putting it out there. Um, Kyle Pitts apparently is running around with a brace. A lot of these are more fantasy football updates than anything else. Um, but one of the things I wanted to point out, I, I, I call it overhype season. There are going to be, you're going to see situations where somebody's going to say so-and-so had a great camp. Right, and that works just as well as as negative. It's not a bad thing if you have a if you have a great day in training camp. That's awesome, but there are plenty of examples. For example, Zach Wilson had a better day today than Aaron Rodgers did. Now, if we didn't already know that was absurd, you could easily take that and run with it. Right, if it was a closer competition, or for example, if it was um, uh, what's his name, Magoo over Jordan Love, people would be talking. But if it's Zach Wilson over Aaron Rodgers, nobody's going to talk. Right, I mentioned um, Anthony Richardson completed. Um, well, there, there, there's a different kind of energy and was looking real good in camp today. Uh, Sam Howell looking great in camp today. Ty Montgomery having an incredible camp today. All these names of guys that, if we really stop and think about it, although some of them may actually emerge, maybe Howell is going to be a real uh, threat. Maybe Anthony Richardson, who knows? But I think we all know intuitively that a lot of these guys are just going to end up being quite bad. I just need to make sure that we all fully understand that. Um, as far as the Jets, again, I'm very invested in the Jets. I think their season being bad is very important for us. And I, I feel like there was a lot of good news along the offensive line. I don't think Jets fans would necessarily agree, but I don't care. Aaron Rodgers, I think, got sacked, in air quotes, about 500 times in this training camp. I didn't even start tracking all the different uh, accounts of him getting sacked until later. Um but let's see where it is. I, I just saved these two. Uh, Will McDonald is so fast off the line, got around Billy Turner, and nearly forced a strip sack on Aaron Rodgers just now. That was after seeing it about six times already. And then there was Bryce Huff sneakily having a great camp, would have sacked Aaron Rodgers on a short completion to Michael Carter. And I'm positive there were at least two sacks by Jermaine Johnson. Now, make no mistake, that is a that might be one of the best edge groups, when you, especially when you look at depth and everything else, and they've got another first-round pick. Kind of similar to the Packers, where it's like, that's a pretty good group, and you got a first-round guy on top of it. Um, but, I mean, that's it's, it's freaking brutal to have Aaron Rodgers get assaulted that many times. I'm sure he's not used to it, and he didn't super respond well to it. You know, OTAs, he looked great. Everything was perfect. There were zero mistakes. Aaron Rodgers was the greatest thing in the history of the universe. Um... But that certainly was not the case today. couple notes from Rodgers. He's been off a bit on 7-on-7. Seven seven. Good coverage by DBs, especially DJ Reed and Michael Carter. But he has one for four to start. Zach Wilson started three of four. Aaron Rodgers picked off by Tony Adams on a deep pass for Corey Davis. And then another note here says, Rodgers led offense, sputtered in two-minute situation. Nice completion to Conklin on third down, but he throws incomplete on fourth down around the red area. It's just one of those days. 
Uh, pass rusher uh, John Franklin Myers, JFM, did get injured. Um, he did come back to practice but stayed on the sideline, so he should be okay, but that'll be something to monitor because, again, they've got probably four pretty solid pass rushers. Um, losing one is is to some degree significant. Again, the offensive line kind of just a mess. Mekhi Becton not out there again. The guy is never on the field, and when he is, he's just never really been that good. But constant injuries and everything else going on. Um, started off with just saying, I don't see Mekhi Becton out here. I don't really know why. He's been on a rep count since his return in 2022 with his knee surgery. Uh, they found him war- working off to the side with other injured players. And then it finally says, Robert Sala said Mekhi Becton's knee wasn't up for it today. Called him day to day. And this is after already getting notes in the past because Jets have been in training camp for a while about Billy Turner getting literally thrown. Um, these guys are just getting picked apart. And they're constantly shuffling everybody around in the absence of Mekhi Becton, but also just in the pursuit of trying to find an offensive line. They don't know what their offensive line is right now. And it's just looking pretty shaky. Uh, Lazard also not practicing. He's been dealing with some tightness issues. And then Billy Turner and Max Mitchell are out there just trying to figure out what's going on in the world. Um, otherwise bears camp. Uh, I didn't see much from lions or Vikings off to go back and see if I can figure anything out. Maybe they didn't really practice. Lions are terrible with their, their coverage. Their, their press is just, they don't give any details. Vikings must not have been out there today. I didn't see anything, but, uh, they went inside due to poor air quality. Um, looks like fields had a pretty solid day. I was, I was so in tune to the Packers thing. I was only half paying attention, but it sounds like it was a really good day. Obviously, they're going to overhype it as it is, so it may not have been that good. But just in, in my, uh, from what I can tell, it looks like it was a pretty good day for the offense. The big news, though, is Cole Komet got paid. And, and again, I swear we can't just have one normal thing. It can't just be, hey, Cole Komet got paid. It's Cole Komet got mega paid. And it was like $12 bucks a year. It's like, well, that's not a super huge amount of money. And then I see somebody like, he's top 10 in, in tight ends. It's like, first of all, there's like four good tight ends in the entire NFL. Okay, being top 10 in tight ends is not anything. Second of all, saying that you're top 10 is ridiculous for a couple reasons. Number one, some of these contracts were signed several years ago, which is why usually when people sign new contracts, they're up at or near the top automatically. If Travis Kelsey was as old as Cole Komet was and was signing a contract today as opposed to whenever it was he signed his last contract, I'd be willing to bet it would be significantly higher than what his contract currently is. So if you adjust for inflation, I'm thinking you're probably actually quite lower than 10th. But again, it's just this constant like, oh man, huge moves, man. We're making moves. Well-deserved. It's like, dude, Komet sucks and he got paid like he sucks. I don't understand this. It's not good. I just, I, ugh. (sighs) Anyways. Also, um, we're starting to zero in. So that quarterback series is going to be starting up again next year. And we don't know who the quarterbacks are going to be, but we do know that the series from Netflix is reaching out to quarterbacks. Aaron Rodgers apparently has not been asked, which is shocking to me. I don't know what those morons are doing. Now, he said, he said I don't, that I know of, which means they probably reached out to his agent. It's entirely possible his agent's just like, get out of here, you moron. He's never going to do that, which is probably the right answer because there's no way Rodgers would ever do that. Justin Fields apparently was asked, which I think actually I would... I mean, it would suck if he's great and we had to watch it, but I I think that would be a great quarterback to cover, Justin Fields and the Bears and whatnot, especially considering what everybody assumes is about to happen here. But either way, I think it would be interesting. I think most quarterbacks would be mostly interesting with the exception of guys like Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Like one of the only quarterbacks I would not have on my list. He was fine. I enjoyed watching him. Um, 
But he he apparently said no. He does not want to be on the list. So the only thing that has me wondering is, has anybody asked Jordan Love? And if so, what did he say? I know the Packers wouldn't love it. But do they have oversight into that? Is it possible Jordan Love has agreed to be on? I'm just asking the question, man. I don't know. You never know these things. Could be. But the point is, we should be able to start narrowing this down. So we got a no from Rodgers. We got a no from Fields. We probably can eliminate Mariota, who had a terrible camp today, and I don't know why anybody would cover him anyways. I don't know why he was on. Maybe nobody wanted to say yes last year either. When you got Cousins and Mariota on there, it kind of makes you think that there are maybe not a lot of great options. But if you rule out the three that were on it last year, two of which are probably starting quarterbacks, we've kind of eliminated four of 32, right? I'm just saying. Have to keep an eye on that. Anyways, that's about all I got for you fine people. I'm going to leave it at that. You guys have a good rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.